Hey, this is Scotty Dingus, pastor of West Logan Church. We are glad you're joining us for our podcast today. I hope you find what you need in today's message. But today we're going to do part two, and this will be the finishing part of this series, talking about confessing the word. And when you talk about this type of subject, we've heard crazy teaching uh, that has been extreme. Everything has an extreme. You've heard every type of teaching, scripturally, probably, somewhere someone's put an extreme behind it. And what I mean by that is, is they, they exaggerate it or they take it to a level. But when it comes to confessing the Word, that's all you're doing is you're confessing the promises of God over your life. Confessing the Word is speaking God's promises, praying God's promises, and making decrees, all in faith, that line up with the promises of God. And there's nothing wrong with speaking God's promises. And as long as it's His promises and not something that you have worked up in the flesh, you can say, well, God wants me to have a million dollars. Well, bless, bless you, bless you. And, and maybe so. Maybe that God's going to bless you in that manner. But at the same time, I don't believe that we get foolish in those things uh, because you see people saying decree over, you sow $1,000 and then we'll pray for you. You know, it's not like that in the kingdom. So God wants us, though, to be people of faith that talk the faith that speak His promises. And I'm going to recap a little bit from last week. Uh, but in Mark 11 and 22, Jesus said, have faith in God. When you look at that in the Greek, it literally means to have the God kind of faith. That means we are to have faith as God did. That when God spoke it all into existence, that He knew it was going to happen, that we should be praying and decreeing and speaking the promises of God in the same manner. The issue is that we just simply need to believe. And we talked last week, I used two scriptures about moving the mountain and casting to the sea. And I looked at it and both of them said that we need to say it. That we literally need to speak it. That there's something about what comes out of our mouth matters. And that means even speaking blessing over people, speaking blessing over your family, speaking blessing over your co-workers, and just blessing them. Even in spite of their circumstances, bless them. And then I want to read the scripture that I ended with last week to just start us, to start us out in Zechariah 4 and 7. And here we are talking about speaking to the mountains or speaking to things that oppose, it seems like it opposes uh, God's promises. And, and what I mean today, I'm going to be dealing with the things that are facts in our life, but then we got to know what the truth is. There's a difference between what facts and truth when it comes to the Word of God. You may have certain facts in your life, but God's Word is the truth that can change the facts. We're not going to ignore the facts. I've heard teaching before it says, well, i got a broken arm. I can't confess. I can't admit i got a broken arm. Well, that, that's just crazy is what that is. But it's okay to say I'm sick. It's okay to say I'm dealing with this. That's the fact. But the truth is, this is what God's Word says. That's how we go about the promises of God. Zechariah 4 and 7 says, Who are you, O great mountain? Before Zerubbabel, you shall become a plain, or you shall be flattened, and he shall bring forth the capstone with great shouts of grace, grace to it. Now, he's speaking to the mountain. He's speaking the promise, promises of God, and he's telling the mountain that you shall be flattened. But he had to speak it. He spoke grace, grace to it. See, God will do it, but he's waiting on you to speak it with creative power. God does nothing in the earth now unless it's done through humanity. It's done through us. 
God uses us. He always has. In the beginning, God spoke everything into existence except for humanity, and He showed us He wanted to be personal in relationship. But after that, all through Scripture, you see God just using humanity. The Bible says, let every word be established out of the mouth of two or three witnesses. If you just got you and the Holy Spirit and God, and you're speaking the Word of God, then you know that you have a witness, and it's established, and it's going to be established because you're just basically agreeing with God's Word. Confessing the Word of God is agreeing with the Word of God. The kind of faith, this kind of faith, is built upon spiritual principles that God's placed in His Word. You have the authority in Jesus Christ, and we have the right to authorize spiritual principles in the earth. We have the right to do that. These spiritual principles of confessing the Word will work for whoever will apply them. But we've got to make a, make a decision. I'm going to know the promises of God, and I'm going to speak them. I know people today that are absolutely a blessing to be around, but they have what they call their confessions every morning. You would think, when you say confessions, you automatically think of in the Catholic church world. I'm not knocking that, but people go and they have their confessions. And, and, and you know, not all Catholics go into a booth and, and confess. In fact, some of them now just lay it at the altar or they, they, they lay some type of offering and, and then they make confessions to God. And most of the time it's they're confessing their sin. But the people I'm talking about with confessing, and when you really look at scriptural confession, it's just not confessing your sin, but it's confessing the promises of God. It's praying. I know people's got a list. They'll go through like 20 minutes of just declaring blessing over their life, and their life is entirely blessed. You get to talking to them. You ask, hey, how, what's your prayer life like? Well, really, my prayer life is just praying these promises and speaking promises in life over my family and over my life. And, and they're literally taking the Word of God and they're speaking to the mountains in their life or the mountains of other people's life or they're just looking and saying, life and death is in the power of the tongue and I choose to speak life. But when you're not speaking life, you're not speaking the promises of God then you're going to come to a place that really you're not going to see the results that we can see through Scripture. What are you speaking? And what you speak will program your spirit how you live. Now, I mentioned that last week. And, I, and I'm going to throw this up, and then we're going to get into the new stuff this week. But words are spiritual containers, and they carry faith or fear and produce after their kind. Your words build your life. You find a coach is coaching a team. They hear, I don't care if you're down 30 to nothing, if a coach hears a kid saying, well, we're just going to get beat today, if it's the fourth quarter, that will tick the coach off, and he'll just bench him right there. Well, if you don't believe we can win or score, then you can sit down. Because they're like, hey, what you're saying is going to just completely start a, 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 a reaction on everybody else. That negativity, we don't need it on the team. And I've seen coaches set down their best player because of that. They would rather have people out there that believe in the system and what they're doing. You're like, that's just a coach and that's just ball. Just imagine when we are using the Word of God and we have that same mentality what begins to happen in our lives? We begin to speak life. If you're speaking life in powerful words, then you're programming your spirit to live in victory. And I have to ask one more time this week. Look at your life and the activity in it. Everything that you're living out is what you've spoken. Everything you're living right now is because of the words you speak. Now, I used to say this all the time to myself, and I realized this is the reason why I was always that way. I'd say, I'm tired. I still got a, like, 
even to myself, I'll just think, I'm just, I'm tired. I quit thinking like that and quit saying, every now and then it may come out that I'll just say, no, I feel great. You might say, that's ridiculous. No, it's the fact that I was feeling tired all the time because I was saying it all the time and believing it all the time. But then I said, you know what? I feel good today. It's a great day to work. It's a great day. I began to feel better about my own day because I was meditating on it, I was pondering it, and I began to speak it. When we speak the promises of God, we are agreeing with what is already settled in heaven. We are speaking things that have already been established. Proverbs 6 and 2 says this, You are snared by the words of your mouth. You are taken by the words of your mouth. So your words literally snare. We know it's a trap. Your words can be a trap to you. Now, if you're always depressed and you're always like, eh, I just don't know, I guarantee you, your language from the time you get up, time you go to bed, and all you're pondering is how bad it always is for you. You're snaring your own life with your words. Your mouth can speak things that will trap or snare you. Faith-filled words will put you over the top, will place you in a place of victory. Fear-filled words will bring you into a place of defeat. Things may not be exactly the idea in your life. It may be one of the worst seasons of your life, but you can still yet have a certain amount of joy and a certain amount of victory even in the face of things that seemingly are not going well because you and your spirit have spoken words which are spiritual containers to bring life to you. In other words, if you're always in defeat, if you're always negative, if you're always the press, they are found in the words that you're speaking. God never does anything without saying it first. God never does anything without saying it. Even when he talks to you about your life, he always speaks to you about a thing he's going to do. Especially about the dreams and the vision. Just things in your heart. You're like, whether it's through just time of the word, you're like, God's, God's really dealt with me about this. This is the direction. And man, you just go and you take it. Why? Because God has spoken it in your life. And, and God releases faith and not doubt. And when God speaks it, it is faith-filled words and not doubt. And when we speak things to agree with heaven, those are faith Filled words. Everything God saw, everything God said, guess what? He saw it. Everything He said, He saw. Let that sink in. You're like, well, He's God, but you've got to understand the earth is up to us. He gave the earth to us, He's given us dominion in the earth. Every problem we have in the earth is a humanity problem. God did not bring sickness into the earth. God did not bring sin into the earth. Everything in the earth is because of the problem of humanity. Everything God said he saw, we are to release our faith through words, and one day we're going to live out what we speak. It may be quick. It may be months. It may be a year. It may be three years. I can remember telling people what God has spoken over my life at 18 years old, ministry-wise. I would tell them about it, because God already spoke to me. Then these guys would come around, evangelists, they would, they would pray over you and say, you know, God's going to do this in your life. I'm like, I know, He's already told me, because God will never give me a word for your life that God's not already spoken to you. 
If someone ever speaks a word of your life and God's never said that, they're just trying to manipulate you and they're full of witchcraft. But God will never tell someone else about your life that he's not already spoken to you about. And when people speak those things, what it is is just confirmation of what God's already told you. Now let's talk about binding and loosing. This is something that we take lightly because we've heard it all of our life about binding and loosing. It says in Matthew 16 and 19, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven that whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Now we have the power and the authority to bind things and to loose them. When we see demonic activity, we have the right to bind it. When we see things that are completely spiritual warfare that we need to begin to bind it. But then also, we have the power to loose the Word of God or to release the promises of God in the earth. Now, the Bible says in Psalm 119.89, Forever, O Lord, your Word is settled in heaven. Forever. It's already settled. Everything we could bind or loose is already established in heaven. So when we begin to speak the promises, God's already said it, it's here in heaven. So we begin to release heaven on the earth by speaking and decreeing or praying the promises of God. What we bind is already bound in heaven. What we loose is already loosed in heaven. God settled it, and that, but that brings us to the place that we must bind and we must loose when those times come. But God is serious about his word. He's serious about establishing his word. God really sincerely desires us just to speak his promises and agree with what he said. We are speaking these promises in the earth. And the Bible says in Psalm 89, 34, my covenant I will not break, nor alter the word that has gone out of my lips. God says, in other words, I've spoken my word. You've seen my word. It's been written through the power of the Holy Spirit upon holy men of God that was inspired by the Holy Spirit. You see my word. He said, I'm not going to alter it. I'm not going to change it. Who establishes the promises on the earth? I mean, who, who establishes that? We live it out. We live it out. We speak the promises into life, and we speak life or death. We have that opportunity if we speak death, then of course that's what we're going to live. We speak life, that's what we're going to live. We have the right to use the authority of God in the earth. God's given us authority. He's given us dominion to speak these things into place. Now, let me ask you this. I don't know if you've ever dealt with this before, but I have. Have you ever spoken a promise of God over your life and felt guilty for speaking it? I have. You may not have never dealt with that. Usually it's the enemy trying to make you feel guilty because the facts of your life says this has taken place, but you're wanting to replace the facts with the truth and see change in your life. What I mean, you're speaking success, but maybe you're actually failing right now. Maybe you are sick, but you're speaking healing. Maybe you're speaking something that you're currently not living. And the devil will try to condemn you. Well, that's just lying. Well, it's not lying. Those may be the facts. We're not denying the facts, but we are speaking the truth of God's Word. And many times what we are living out, there are facts in our life that don't line up with the truth of the Word of God. So we must begin to speak those things. It's truth. I look at my life and I see areas where there is lack or does not reflect God's promise or God's truth of my life. Then I'm going to begin to decree those things because every aspect of my life is available for me to live out the promises of God. 
God does not see you the way you are, but God sees you the way the Word says you are. See, we, we, we want to think that what we're living, that we're stuck in. We're not stuck where we're living. That's a lie of the enemy for us to buy, buy into that we're always going to be right here just like this. Those may be facts, but God's Word says something totally different that will replace the facts with the truth in our life. We need to replace facts with truth. Totally different. Romans 3, 3 and 4 says, True, some of them were unfaithful, but just because they were unfaithful does not mean God will be unfaithful. We cannot judge God off what other humanity does. You should not look at Pastor Scotty and say, well, that's a reflection of God, especially when I'm reflecting things that are not God character. Because that's very possible. I'll go ahead and tell you, I'm not perfect. There's going to be times it's not the best that you see. Hang around me long enough. I know you think I float in here angelically and float out. But... I just hate to break the news and bust that open today that I don't. And none of us are that perfect. We strive to do our best. But even at our best, sometimes we are very messy in life. But we cannot judge God off of other humanity, and that's our problem. We look at humanity and judge God off that. But he said, of course not. He said, will God be unfaithful? He said, of course not, because God's always faithful. Even if everyone else is a liar, God is true. As the scriptures say about him, you will be proved right in what you say, and you will win your case in court. Now, even when the report says one thing, we still need to believe the report of God. We don't have to accept, accept everything as a fact in our life. We don't have to say, this is what I have to live. This is what's given to me. I believe as the people of God, we can look at the facts and say, you know what? This don't line up with the truth. So I'm going to begin to speak the promise of God for my life. Just because the world will let you down and people's going to let you down doesn't mean that God's going to let you down. And many times we don't realize we are trying to, to make God come down to the level of humanity because we've been so hurt or let down or let Life's not being good for us. So we bring the almighty God down to the unfaithfulness of man. But God does not have the ability to be unfaithful. God can only be faithful. He can never be a God that just has doubt or speaks a lie because he can only speak truth to us and faith to us. Even when circumstances don't line up, we speak his promises. You change the facts that you don't agree with by speaking the truth of God's word in your life. Now, the facts may say one thing, but God says another. We all have facts that need to be changed. We all have moments where facts need to be changed that need to come with the truth of God. We have so many people broken and hurting today. Those are facts. But the truth is, is that God is the healer of the broken heart, that he is the God that can still yet stabilize our anxiety and bring peace to our life. Those are the truth. The thing is, this world may be broken, but the people of God can be well put together because that is the promise and the truth of God. Now listen to this. Yes, fear and oppression may be upon you, but this is the truth. This is what God says about fear and oppression and terror. In Isaiah 54 and 14, in righteousness you shall be established. You shall be far from oppression. For you shall not fear, and from terror it shall not come near you. Now that's the truth. 
But it's very possible for you to be oppressed with fear. It's very possible for you to be oppressed with anxiety. It's very possible for you to be oppressed with things like terror, fear, anxiety. But God says, but you've been established in righteousness. That's what his truth says. And that you shall be far from oppression and fear shall not be near you or terror shall not even come near you. God's word is true before it ever happens. Regardless if it's happening in your life right now, if it's taking place, God's word, word is true before it ever manifests in your life. Something don't have to happen for it to be true. It's true because God said it. That's why it's true, is that he simply said it. When Abraham believed God, God declared him righteous before Abraham ever did anything right. Abraham, it wasn't that he'd done such a good job in life. Abraham made mistakes. Abraham came from a place of Ur. If you study it out according to Jewish tradition and stuff, many believe he came out of a place where there was many false gods and that everybody was there to worship false gods. But one day, the living God spoke to Abraham and called him out of Ur. And the Bible says, because Abraham believed God, God accounted him unto him as righteousness. Why are we righteous? Because we believe God and God said it when we believe him. We're righteous because we believe God and God says we're righteous. That's why we're righteous. I don't care if you feel like a sheep killing dog today. If you're saved, you're declared as the righteousness of God. I don't care if you messed it up yesterday or last week. You're still yet the righteousness of God. You have to understand it's not about your good works, but it's by His awesome grace and mercy, and it's because He's declared you righteous. Why are we in peace? Because God said it. Why are we prosperous and blessed? Because God said it. Why are we overcoming and have victory? Because God said it. Why is it that we're living in joy and not fear? Because God said it. The facts do not override the truth. We stand on the truth no matter what the facts say. The facts will not line up with the truth. That's why we begin to confess the Word of God and speak the Word even though the facts say this. doesn't make us crazy. It's just we're saying it's things by faith. I don't walk by sight, by what the, what the facts say. I don't walk by what I'm feeling or what really all these other senses that I had, but I'm walking by faith and that my faith says that God is true, and this is what his promises said, so I'm going to speak them, decree them, pray them, and ponder upon them, and meditate them, and let my words be my spiritual containers, that my activity will be blessed and prosperous and freedom and victorious. That's what we do. We stand on the promises of God. This is the thing. Are you going to hang out with facts? You hang out with facts long enough, you're going to ponder about them long enough, and you're going to live in defeat. Or are you going to hang out with truth? Truth, you ponder upon them, you're going to have victory. The facts keep you stuck, but the truth always sets you free. That's what the Word of God does. The promises of God may not be true in your life, but that's the reason why I'm speaking His promises. Here's a scripture that really brings us out what confessing is all about. This is really the definition of it. Romans 4, 16 through 18. Abraham, who's the father of us all, as is written, I have made thee a father of many nations. 
before him whom he believed, even God, he said, even God who quickens the dead, he said, God done this, he who quickens the dead, and even God calleth those things which be not as though they were, who believed against all, believed in all, uh, who believed hope, or who against hope believed in hope, that he might become the father of many nations according to that which was spoken, so shall thy seed be. Now, against all hope, we are to believe and speak hope. Now, that's what we see. When, hope, when things like look hopeless, we are still yet to speak and decree hope. Even when things are bad, we should still yet be speaking the good. God has called us to come to a place to do what he did. Because God called those things that were not as though they were. Some people will say, but you're lying when you say that. But confessing is speaking true over the current circumstance in life. Confessing is this, is calling those things or those things that are not as though they were. Now, you're confessing healing when you're not healed. You're confessing deliverance when you're not uh, delivered. You're confessing hope against all hope. Remember last week when I told us in Ephesians 5 and 1, the Bible says, therefore, be imitators of God. If God speaks those things as not as though they were, we are to imitate that. Even Romans 4 and 17, I just read that God called those things that's not as though they were. We are to imitate it and do the same thing. What do you mean? God looked at darkness and spoke light, and guess what? The light replaced the darkness. If you notice, God did not tell the darkness to leave. He just spoke light. Light came. It replaced the darkness. Jesus looked at the storm and called it out to be peace. Here's the picture I want you to be careful with. Because when you grab this word, a lot of people will take it, and they will be very exaggerated with it. It's like you having a broke arm saying your arm's not broke. It's okay to have a broke arm and say, I'm speaking healing over my arm. That's different. If you're having a physical issue, then it's a physical issue, but you're believing for healing. It would be crazy as much as COVID is, not, it is affecting people and, and for us to say it's not real. That'd be crazy. You're like, well, I'm speaking the promise of God. I'm just confessing these promises. Well, it's real. People's really sick with it. But it's okay to say, I'm believing for protection with my family. I'm believing God for healing for my family. It would be ridiculous to say that you don't have someone you really do or that your community's not hurting when it really is, but it's okay to begin to call the things that are not as though they were. What do you mean? Well, first of all, we can't call away debt that exists. That's the thing with the church. Well, I'm just saying my debt's got to leave. Well, you made all kinds of bad mistakes. So, you know, you need to ask God to help you with your debt and speak for blessing and prosperity and say, God, help me knock out this debt and pray that, or we're not just calling away sickness that exists, but we're believing that healing will replace the sickness. We're not calling away anxiety that exists, but we're just saying, God, replace it with peace. See, we're not calling the things that, don't, that does not exist and for it to come and, and to come and just say, well, I'm going to call those things away. What God really wants us to do is to replace what's taken place that's the facts, and replace it with the truth of God's Word. So, so many times we just say, well, I'm just going to call that away, and I'm going to call this away. Very few times can you really line that up with Scripture, but do you do see when Jesus would speak to the storm, 
Well, how would he speak to the storm? He didn't say storm leave. He said peace. Just like God when he spoke, when there was nothing but darkness, he spoke light, light came. When Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead, he didn't tell death to leave. He said Lazarus come forth, death left. We need to call the things that's not as though they were and replace what's existing, the facts, with what God's truth says. Thanks for listening today. If you'd like to reach out to us, please contact us through social media or at westloganchurch.com.